Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Are men lonely? Are you a man? Lonely? Don't have great friendships? This is the Lisa Dent Show. Thanks for joining us. A lot of this came to be because there is a movie a foreign film called Close. It's been in theaters. It's Oscar nominated, I guess, as a foreign language film. I haven't, not even on my radar, but that spurred a lot of conversation about men and what they call an epidemic of loneliness. Dr. Jeffrey Grief is a professor at the University of Maryland School of Social Work. It's Grief. I'm sorry, Dr. Grief. That's okay. We appreciate you joining us. Thank Um, you, Lisa. Is it an epidemic? Are men lonely? And is it of a certain age group that experiences this loneliness more than others? It's hard to say if it's an epidemic, but there is a great range of how people react to even admitting that they are alone. It's not cool to admit that you are lonely. Loneliness, of course, tends to increase the older one gets as one becomes disconnected from one's friends who have died off or gotten ill or are no longer close to us. So there's a great range of what men are going to say in terms of whether or not they are lonely. And it's, of course, also hard, as the movie shows, sometimes for men to admit that they need other men. And does that have something to do with society and how we perceive men and how they should act or how we expect them to be? Absolutely. We have very clear tropes about what masculinity is. Luckily, those tropes have weakened over the years, and there's much more acceptance for being a non-traditional male, whatever masculinity means in one's culture, than there was in the past. But there's still a sense of what it means to be a, a man, and men like to make their friends in shoulder-to-shoulder activities, and women like to make their friends in face-to-face activities. And in general, if young boys are seen doing too much face-to-face stuff, uh, people may worry about them, though they should not worry about them. That may be a good sign of their ability to cross over in their behaviors to ones that best meet their needs. What are shoulder-to-shoulder friendships that you say men participate in? Oh, I'll, I'll call up a male friend and say, let's get together and go to a bar and watch sports. Uh-huh. Let's get together and do something. Whereas my wife might say to a friend, let's get together and have a glass of wine and talk uh, to, to each other. So that's a much more intimate face-to-face kind of thing. I won't call up a friend and say, there's this really cute new French restaurant I want to try out. Let's go and get a glass of wine and, and try it. I'll say there's a really great sports bar. I'm, of course, speaking broadly, and we should go down and watch the Super Bowl together. You know, that makes me laugh because my husband's family is not huggy. They don't hug a lot. I'm from a very, I, everybody in my family hugs. We hug our friends. Anybody that walks through the door, you get a hug. And I noticed that when they would say goodbye, the men wouldn't hug each other. They would do a chest bump and say, go Bears. Like, what is that? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> There's still a little bit of a fear of men, for some men, of showing a physical closeness. Again, it's much more accepted to be emotionally expressive 
and physically expressive for a man than it ever used to be. It's just not as um, accepted as it is for a woman. So men who try to fashion their friendships uh, to look like a woman's friendships are going to need to look long and hard to find a man who's interested in having the same type of a friendship as are they. We're talking about the epidemic of loneliness when it comes to men, but just got a text and said, I think there are also women out there who are without close friends, and I'm one of them. So it it does have a bit to do with aging as well. I was talking to a great person that has a show on this radio station, John Williams, and he said he found himself uh, being close with people who are parents of his kids' friends. And then your kids graduate from high school, and all of a sudden those friendships kind of dissipate, and it is hard after a certain age to make new friends. Is that something we have to put effort into? Yeah, I think you're describing uh, from your friend's comment the common arc. Uh, Friends are very important when we're young. In fact, even a lot of of kindergarten teachers and first-grade teachers make comments about how well Johnny or Susie makes friends, and then we reach our teen years and friends become important then uh, we might typically partner with somebody, marry with somebody, and become more engaged in the family. But then as our kids, and follow a career, but as our kids grow up and no longer need us um, to, other than to drive them to the mall and they go off to college, we then find ourselves at a time of life where hopefully our relationship is stable, our job is stable, and we begin to again look to form those those friendships, and it can be be hard for some men to know how to start new friendships or recharge their old friendships. Luckily, things like Facebook allow us to reconnect with people in a way that seems to be safe because they may be physically distant or uh, safe because um, everybody knows who they are from 30 years ago. So there are lots of ways that people can reform friendships, but there is that natural arc that your friend talked about, about needing friends again in one's 50s or 60s. Dr. Jeffrey Greif is a professor at the University of Maryland School of Social Work, talking about a conversation that came out of the film Close, which is a foreign film based on two young boys who have a close friendship. Um, having close friends, it, it, I think it helps us live longer, doesn't it? Is there any proof to that? Yeah, there's a lot of data, not my own data, um, but data that have followed folks for 10, 20 years that say people with large social networks or people with friends live longer, happier, and healthier lives. So if I've got a friend and he sees me and he says, are you aware of that spot on your on your face? And I hadn't been aware of it. Or he might say, I just had a, a colonoscopy. You should go and get one. Or he might say, let's go to a play or let's go for a walk. Those are all things that can, the last two, going for a walk or going to play, can be physically or intellectually stimulating, and that's good for us. And the other two issues, the colonoscopy and the spot on my face, could obviously you know, prolong my, my life if I'm willing to, to go and, and get those, those issues taken care of. So friends can do, do so much for us. Not everyone needs a large network. There are people that are very content with just one or two close friends, but generally having a large network of friends keeps one alive longer and happier. And there is a big difference with the way women interact with their friends and the way men interact with their friends. 
it, it's just something that I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But if anyone's listening and and they are a part of what you call an epidemic of loneliness, do you have any suggestions of what they could do or what they should do? Absolutely. Get comfortable reaching out to either old friends or try to make new friends. People will not find you. You need to reach out. Or if you don't want to reach out to any one particular person, join in activities that make you feel good about yourself, be it a walking group, a chess group, or whatever. Choose activities that you like to do, and hopefully you will make friends doing those activities. But don't expect people to come to your door. You need to be open. You need to be warm. You need to be loving and supportive of people that you meet and of your old friends. Thank you so much for joining us, Doctor. Thank you so much, Lisa. Dr. Greif, a professor at the University of Maryland School of Social Work. That, that's, that's good there. It means you got to be a little vulnerable, though. Lauren has your news coming up next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.